Here at WFOD, we've gone through painstaking lengths to be socially responsible. That's why, for every download of our program, we're donating an additional download to a child in need in, like, Haiti or something. Get ready. W-F-O-D. I'm joined by uh, two good friends of the program, guys. Uh, Travis and, and Drunk are both on sabbatical. It's a long story, but uh, Delvin Cox from the Delvin Cox Experience is here, and Jody Bananas. Uh, coming up after the break, we are going to be talking to actor Tyler Maine. Uh, he has a Kickstarter campaign. It's out now. He's co-wrote a comic book. Jody. Yes. I know. That when people come to the dub fod, yes, what they want is DJ Envy news. You have news about DJ Envy? Yeah, uh, I'm here for it. I know this story, Delvin. Uh, so <laughs> DJ Envy. Yeah, uh, you take this one, Delvin. I, I guess. I guess if I say something out of turn, correct me. So okay, he is one of the hosts of the Breakfast Club. Yes, and world famous DJ who doesn't even DJ anymore. But yes. He's in a bit of a pickle right now. Oh, yes, he is. So from what I understand, Jody. Okay. DJ Envy had seminars where he taught people how to invest in real estate. Correct. And one of the guys that he was doing the seminars with was a shady character who was stealing money from people. Excellent. Caesar Pena. Looks like Big Pun. And so now DJ Envy is potentially on the hook because he was referring people to this shady character. Oh, yes. no. So he was ripping people off from the class, basically? Uh, oh, way well, way more deeper than that. So you know what I'm saying? Like, he was introducing them to this guy who was in turn, like, taking money from all of them. Yeah, he was yes. he was making the introduction, I guess, kind of leveraging his celebrity a little bit. He saying, wasn't sitting in on the seminar, like learning from DJ Envy. He was, was one of the people that he was DJ saying, Envy was telling people to go to. Guys, to fucking, maybe oh, you should talk to this guy. And then he gets, was going, hey, I would like to steal your money, please. It gets deeper than that. So I, I have a DJ, couple of clips. This is DJ Envy on the radio, Jody going against his uh legal counsels it's probably a great idea to talk about it publicly on, on the radio, radio yeah show. yeah for sure yeah, great so, plan so let me explain some things I'm, I'm not my attorneys don't want me to speak but i think there's things that i need to clear up a little bit i think you should listen to your attorneys why don't liking people like to listen like, if your attorney <laughs> told you don't say nothing why are you talking listen <laughs> i got this one too Jim. so i did these seminars and brought industry professionals to all these seminars 
whether it was real estate agents from different markets, contractors, uh, conventional lenders, hard money lenders. I even brought auction.com to actually show people how to purchase houses online. That's what I wanted to do for my people. Now, Caesar, if he took money, I wasn't privy to it, nor did I even know. But I do understand how people feel if they did give him money because I gave him a lot of money. Jesus. That I didn't see a dollar of return. But for for anybody to say I was involved, that's totally not true. Now, Delvin, I pulled that clip specifically because I I noticed something in it. I don't know if you noticed it, too. Um, You want me to ask the question? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Did he just pull the black card? Is that was that a dog whistle that he said? Yeah, that was for my people. I heard that. My people. Oh, just it made I my ears this for my people. Bit. This is the funny thing about this whole thing. You're hating on me for introducing somebody <laughs> to people who he can take money from. He's got to eat. He got this, kids. <laughs> this is the funny thing about this whole scenario. Snitches. He kids. says he has nothing to do with it, but he has had Caesar on the Breakfast Club. Multiple times promoting it, <laughs> saying that they're partners. <laughs> no, like, like, like doing full ads on it. And if you go on YouTube right now, there are tens to twenty, maybe thirty videos of them together, yep. talking about flipping houses, what they need to do, working together, promoting their business. Now, Del- Delvin, I uh. I, I know that this is a DJ man, and so I thought that maybe I would take a take a little stab at remixing. Okay. Uh, so this is what I noticed in the uh, in that last clip I just played. If he took money, I wasn't privy to it. I gave him a lot of money, but I didn't see a dollar of return. Privy to it. If he took money, I wasn't privy to it. I gave him a lot of money. Privy to it. That I didn't see a dollar of return. He was privy that the guy was stealing money. Yes. He stole his money. And still he oh. was, well, allegedly stole his money. Uh, but he was still referring people to this guy. So that's weird, right? Uh, what if it's like a pyramid scheme, Mike? Like he lures is. to pay him the money so that that guy will pay him his money. That's a stupid thing to say, though. Oh, I don't know he's stealing money. He stole my money. Yes, you did know he was stealing money because <laughs> he stole yeah, your money. Yeah, yeah. There's a video of DJ Envy flashing the money that he got <laughs> from the real estate. With Caesar in the background, <laughs> like so many videos of it. So Real maybe maybe he should volatile. I think what we're saying, Delvin, is probably he should have listened to his lawyer. Uh, he, yeah, he shouldn't be talking because he's saying stupid things, and he's just going to hang himself more. There's nothing good that can come of talking about it. Stop it. He should have listened to Charlemagne the guy. Yeah, I say Charlemagne told him too. That was double coverage defense right there, and he broke yeah. right through it. Like fucking Jerome Bettis. He was taking that one to the fucking house. I've watched, because Jody watched a documentary on Lil Boozy, which mm-hmm. I love. I watched a documentary on this whole DJ Envy thing. Oh, there's a documentary was about it? Yeah, there's a YouTube documentary kind of oh, highlights everything. guy, Delvin, that has like the real monotone voice and he sounds like he has upspeak. Because I almost quit watching that Boozy documentary a bunch. Because he think- would just talk like this and say that Boozy was born in Baton Rouge. Even <laughs> though we had brothers and sisters, he was always the black sheep of the family. It's, it's a uh, different guy. And what I love about it is the guy adds in all the news clips of people talking about how much money they lost sure. from this day. People lost millions yeah. investing in this. Investors in a real estate venture say they were swindled out of millions of dollars. 
And they argue syndicated radio rapper Rashawn Casey, better known as DJ Envy from the show The Breakfast Club, promoted these deals. Mike, can I ask you a question? I know you want to fucking get to break and you got stuff to do. Maybe What a segue. I have a this fucking is a mess. This Delvin, is a mess. Listen, Delvin and I were talking on Hard Answers, which is the show we do once a month. And I release like months later, but the new ones, the hot, fresh out of the press ones, you're going to pay a dollar to Delvin for Patreon to get those. But anyway, you're a hockey guy, right? You like the hockeys. I I haven't really been keeping up with it too much lately. But yeah, but you sure, know sure. of hockey's people talk I, about I'm it. I'm aware of the sport of hockey, yes. Well, then I'm sure this popped up on your radar recently because I'd never heard of anything like this. The guy that got his neck slit? Mike. Yes. Yeah. Am I crazy or like does that happen ever? Was that a 0.00% chance of thing happening? Jody in like 1991 and oh. I would advise, yeah, no, it does not happen often. But Clint Mollerchuk got his throat slit with a skate in like a freak accident. And like, I saw it on TV, Jody. Have you seen the video of this guy? Have you seen the Clint Mollerchuk one? It'll No, the one we watched I did not watch not that fun. one because the Clint Mollerchuk one. It like gives me nightmares. Like it, it's okay. It's <laughs> it looks like some shit out of a Freddy Krueger movie and gruesome. Kill Bill. Like yeah, no, do- I've purposely <laughs> avoided watching that video because I, I don't I don't want to see it. Fuck um, man, I said you know the good thing is is he probably died so fast. Yeah, Clint Marchuk lived. That's crazy. Uh, just barely, and he's still pretty fucked up about it. But uh. Yeah, he did. He did live, but was it? You said it was a freak accident. Like, was it a collision and somebody got twisted up, or did yeah, the other guy like yeah, Sean like, Michaels' sweet chin music him in the neck too? Because that's what I saw. No, it, like I think somebody just like ran into him, lost their balance, and like just kind of slid into him, and it happened. That's the the important part of the thing because that guy is probably going to get charged, Mike. Like, yeah. He it's almost bad. did a big boot like Kevin Nash. He like he came off did the he, fucking ropes. Did he like lose his balance? Guy. And I, I mean, he, he didn't like kick. He, like we watched. It's almost it sucks because like I don't want to traumatize you. No, with I, do, I don't want to see uh, it. I, I don't. He, Mike, I don't know. They've got a word for it in like figure skating. It's like an axle or whatever. Like he, like, like he almost did a cartwheel. Yeah. No, he almost did a fucking spinning, like a roundhouse Chuck Norris kick. That's exactly what he did. He got up there and did like a spin fucking whipped his but leg But he wasn't around. trying to kick the guy. What else was he trying to do? I mean, you slip, your shit flies around. You got to watch the clip. This is the I thing. Ju- I, don't wanna, I don't want to watch it. I don't Can you pause it. it right after the part where he kicks him? Because no. like, why would you ever pick your foot up like that? That's this, crazy. This is the thing. There are people because it, it happened overseas. It's there a big deal because it's like mixed of things. People are Jody, saying, "Do you remember in purpose? Home Alone when Joe Pesci slipped on the stairs?" Yes, yes. Great his scene. feet went up in the air. It's what happens when you're on ice. <laughs> you're you're gonna take the Joe Pesci defense? Yeah, uh, Your Honor, the fucking Joe Pesci flipped on the stairs and his feet went up. Kevin McAllister had been standing on the porch. He'd have got kicked. That would have made that movie. In very quickly, then. Yeah, it would have been funny if he would have just killed him right when he set the guy's head on fire. If they just left, then the movie yeah. would have sucked, huh? I yeah. I think that you're going to have a hard time proving that the guy did it on purpose. Well, there are players who are saying there's some who say they don't they think it was an accident. There's some who saying, yeah, oh, I, I think we don't know about that, Chief. Charging him just makes a horrible accident. 
a spectacle. That much worse. Yeah, because now we got to do a whole thing. Involuntary manslaughter, dude. I'm telling you, or negligent homicide. It's going to be something like that. Because I swear to God, there was no reason for him to pick his leg up like that. It was, yeah. Somebody else said it looked like a crane kick. Like he fucking Mr. Miyagi kicked that dude in his clavicle and chopped his shit open. Yeah, yeah, it's bad. A lot of blood. Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting. Like it's going to be everybody else's opinion because realistically, only one person knows the answer, Mike. It's that guy. Everybody else can speculate because the other guy's dead. So I don't know if they were talking shit to each other. I don't know if that's a big thing well, in hockey. When the the good it. news is there's probably like 500 camera angles that sure. they can slow-mo and look at his eyes. And There was the point, Mike. I said, like, imagine like if you got your neck cut where you're just sitting at your desk right now. You're chilling, hanging out. You're not really, your blood pressure is probably not high, but for some goddamn final destination reason, you slit an artery, you're going to grab it and you might have a chance because you're chilling. Like you're going to freak out a little, but you're already not exacerbated. That dude had been playing hockey for 30 minutes and he got kicked in his fucking carotid artery. Yeah. That's bad. He died in probably 15 seconds. But as they were carrying him across the ice, they were trying to hold him up. But he was just like, I don't feel so good. And that was it. He saw white lights and he went to go be with Jesus at the big ice rink in the sky. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's actually kind of It's probably like cutting your wrist, right? Like in a bathtub, but you just know like you're going to. The plan is, is you're going to leak out. It's kind of spectacular that it doesn't happen more often because, I mean, everybody's just kind of. That's what I said. Like people do, do people get hit with skates hour. a lot, Mike? You know hockey. You like, nobody gets stomped on. Or... <laughs> let, let me ask you this question, Mike, because you, you would know better than me because you're a very smart man. So one of the things that came, that came up that, that they, they, they brought up in the story was when the guy's throat got cut, they gave him CPR until the ambulance got there. My thoughts is, why are they giving him CPR? Well, I, I guess because... <laughs> You put it on my blood out, asshole. Uh, yeah, yeah so I'm thinking like. <laughs> yeah, I think you guys are thinking of it like a like squeezing, squeezing icing onto a cake. Yeah, but like the 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 heart, you keep it pumping so that it can circulate blood everywhere else, right? I think about it more like a water hose. Like if you get a spot up towards the top with a hole in it, the pressure at the end isn't working so great. So, so like you're you're thinking like you just got to keep the blood in, but I think the blood has to move. That's yeah, part of it. That's true. When it gets really cold, your your pipes freeze, you know, and then that's bad. Yes. So you think it's just chest compressions the then? No, I mean I think the guy's probably dead either way, and you just kind of yeah, he's dead, one hundred percent dead, but. I'm trying to figure out, like, what do you mean by CPR? Are you doing chest compressions? Are you doing mouth-to-mouth and chest compressions? Like, oh. They yeah. should keep a roadside flare. No, that's going to help. No, they should keep a flare or maybe a bullet, like a 12-gauge. They can pour some gunpowder in that shit and light it on fire like in the action movies because I don't see any other way you don't die immediately. Yeah, no, you just you, you die. How long do you think it takes a Zamboni to get blood like that out of the ice, Mike? Oh, a couple geez. days? That's in poor taste. Because it just, like, mushes it down, right? They got to drain the whole fucking thing. It's yeah, no, you got to drain the whole thing, Joe. Okay. You're not just I didn't know cleaning if they, like, chiseled it up. It up or... Yeah, you're not cleaning it up, I don't think. Jody, sometimes you get a skid mark. You can wash that out. But if it's enough, you just throw the underwear away. You know what I mean? <laughs> what? No. Yeah. I don't throw underwear away until they're falling apart in the seams, dude. I was going to ask the question that that's the, the, the one in poor taste. 
I was going to ask, did they finish the game? No, Delvin, because they look like somebody hit a deer in the middle of the goddamn court. To be fair, Owen Hart died in the ring, and they finished the pay-per-view. Uh, they shouldn't have done that. No, they shouldn't have done that. They no. literally finished the pay-per-view, and they had wrestlers going out in the spot where there's a hole where Owen Hart fell through the ring at and continued that match. Like it Did was you a, say it wasn't even NHL? It was like local fucking hockey teams I, in England it was, or something? It was over in Europe. So it yeah, it was in Europe. It was a Europe league type thing. Smaller yeah. league. The guy played for the Penguins at some point, but he yes, he did. But he he wasn't like I, I don't even think it was like the KHL. I think it was like just some hockey, some off brand league. Yeah, guys, what we're gonna do? We're gonna take a break. We're gonna regroup, and then yeah. we're gonna come back, and we're gonna. Well, I'm I'm gonna talk to uh, Tyler. Ooh, you guys, you gonna have yourself an interview? Are you? You guys won't. <laughs> you guys won't be there. <laughs> Professional Mike Mole. Stick around. Dubfod goes hard. Frank King, the lone survivor of a massacred outlaw biker club, the Last Spartans, walks a perilous path guided by the code of the ancient Spartan warriors. But his journey takes an otherworldly turn as visions and omens from the gods beckon him to break his parole and risk his freedom to rescue a missing child from the clutches of Atlanta's human trafficking underworld. When determined decoy agent Amanda Harper crosses his path, fed up with government bureaucracy and on a mission to save them all, they both find an unlikely ally in a monumental showdown against an international cartel. Schools. And now we check in on the voicemail of the Texas Rattlesnake. Phone sex, Steve Austin. Oh, uh, hi, Steve. Um, sorry, uh, my church will my church will kill me if they find out I'm trying. I'm calling your line here, but um, I was just curious. You know, I'm a I'm a relatively reserved guy. And uh, I was curious if you take any calls uh, from gentlemen such as myself. You think you're safe from the Texas rattlesnake just because you got a pecker? Well, let me break it down for you. Stone Cold's got a donkey dick. What? He's going to plow you with it. What? He's going to spit in your mouth and call you a little fuck boy. I'll pour a broken skull IPA up my own ass and make you drink it like the thirsty cuck you are, and that's the bottom line. Do you have a kink that you'd like to explore? Call Steve at 636-487-HAND. something about the way you look in my eyes like a starry night you light up my sky you lean in closer and my heart starts to pound i heard you sigh you know i love that sound he's bouncing off my booty booty cheeks cheeks. i I love love the way way he rides i can hardly breathe breathe while he's pumping deep inside I kiss him on his neck, neck and then he kisses on my pussy. Call him daddy while I holler. That boy is so good looking. Once again. 
WFOD. Wheelbarrow full of dicks. Michael Myers in the Rob Zombie Halloweens to kicking Eric Bana's ass in Troy. He's now crowdfunding a graphic novel he co-wrote called The Last Spartan Red Tape. Look for the links in the show description or search for it on kickstarter.com. Guys, Tyler Maine is on the program. Hey! How's it going, man? Oh my god, I'm going crazy, brother. (laughs) (laughs) What's going on? I'm just doing interview after interview after interview. Oh, you just got them so lined up, like, huh? And we're doing live streaming later on today, and I'm like, wait, what are we doing? <laughs> and the damn thing's already funded, Tyler. You're working too hard. Uh, well, you know what? But here's the thing. it's Yes, it is funded, but if you think of the, the magnitude of the project, right. we have Christopher Priest, who has written the Black Panther, Punisher, Vampirellas, and all of this. We've got... Uh, covered by Mark Silvestri. We've got Will Conrad, Michael Mon- Montanat, Jimbo Salgado. You take all those people into that mix, you're not going to get them for $30,000. You know what <laughs> right, I mean? Right, right, right. And this is I like, mean, this is like about the, big, the big pre-order. I mean, it's it's in the can already pretty much, right? Th- this Exactly. This is like we've got a 144-page graphic novel with the top, top people in the industry. You know, so we've got a long ways to go. And, and if we're, we're going to turn it into something more than this to help raise awareness for human trafficking awareness, we got to push this ball all the way up the hill. You know what I mean? Now, when you say something more than this, is this like a pitch to make more comics? Is this a pitch to make a movie based on the comic? What are what are we doing with it? Well, you know, it is it's based on a novel that a friend of mine, John Saunders, wrote. And it came across my desk about 15 years ago. And I was like, how can I expand this? And 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 then with doing the research with Christopher Priest, we realized that this is a very serious topic. You know, human trafficking is bigger than it's ever been before in the world. You know, it's been around since the dawn of time, but we're figuring like, how can we keep raising awareness for this? Is so that, is that true? This that is just one bigger now than it's ever been? Bigger now than it has ever been. Because of the internet, because of, uh, uh, I guess there, there's more ways that people can get away with it and exactly, move exactly, from point and a can to traffic. That's people. crazy. That's crazy. It is. It is insane. It's it's unbelievable. So, like with with doing our research and teaming up with DeliverFund.org and the other organizations, I was like, 
I got to try and keep this going. Yes, this graphic novel is great and we're raising awareness. And if we can push this ball up the hill and get enough supporters for this, I would love to turn it into something more like maybe possibly a TV series or even a feature film to help keep raising awareness for the topic. Now, when I saw the Kickstarter and I saw the subject of the Kickstarter, my mind went to the the Sound of Freedom. Is this and that that was that was controversial, wasn't it? The Sound of Freedom. I you know I don't know I haven't I haven't seen the uh, I haven't seen it either, but I do know it was very controversial, and I don't. Yeah, know why. you know I mean it, it. Here's the thing: human trafficking exists. Yeah, and we need to put an end to it. Leave the politics out of it. Leave whatever. It is a despicable act that humans are doing to humans. Right. I, I can't believe that anybody would be against that. I, that seems well, to be pretty universal. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it's when when you go out on the streets like I have and talk to the professionals that are dealing with the first responders, the police officers that are dealing with it and dealing with the broken people that they get handed back when they do rescue these people you realize that this is something that you have to address, you know, and talking to going to conventions and talking to people and fans. I've talked to so many people that it has affected them. One gentleman said to me, his niece was just about trafficked and thank you for raising the awareness. She was at a club. She was drugged. Her drink was drugged and they were taking her out the back door and luckily, a bouncer recognized what was happening and, and put an end to it, stopped the one guy, beat the heck out of the one guy. The other guy took off. And through the law enforcement's backtracking of these guys and figuring out their moves, they found three other women drugged and chained in a hotel room. And this his niece was going to be the fourth. Jesus. So this is something that is very, very real. And it is happening all across America that we need to raise the awareness for. It's terrifying. You know, it is terrifying, you know, and with the father of two kids, luckily my kids are, are fully grown now. Yeah. But if they're growing up during this time with the internet, parents, please be vigilant and watch what your kids are, who your kids are talking to online, because you just never know. And the kid never knows who they're talking to. Sure. They think they're talking to a person their own age. Hey, let's go meet up. And it turns out to be a different situation, you know? Right. So the medium of the comic book, how did that become what you decided to tell this story? And I, I, you have a lot of connections in comics, I guess, because you, your wife is a very prominent comic book editor, right? Yes. Yeah. So like with doing the research, we wanted to expand on the world that this book was taking place in, you know, so we wanted to add characters. We wanted to add the internet dimension and all this other stuff that was, that is actually happening in today's world and bring that all together. And um, through Renee, we were able to get all these top, top, top tier artists, you know, like Mark Silvestri is doing our cover. Will Conrad is doing interiors. Jimbo Salgado is doing interiors. Michael Montanazzi Ohm has done a, a variant cover for us. We've got all these top, top people that have come together for this cause and to, to, to make this graphic novel spectacular. And you, you I guess worth mentioning, your likeness is 
the main character. You're you're the guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's been many cool. times I've been a comic book character, but this is the first time <laughs> I'm a character in a comic book, which is kind of cool, you know? I would imagine that would be pretty cool. Yeah, you know, I figured if I'm going to do comic book, I said, ah, let's, yeah, let me do this. Because growing up in Canada, being a tall, skinny kid, glasses and braces, and being slightly dyslexic, yeah, I turned to comic books to learn, to help me learn how to read. And I, because I was a visual person. So comic books helped me learn how to read and how to, um, you know, navigate through that whole system. And, and it's just been, something that I've been doing and, and reading and learning to read and, and seeing the visual storytelling for a long time. But now is the first time that I'm getting a, able to actually do a graphic novel, which is, it's so amazing. And it's so different than doing a feature film yeah. or a TV series, just by breaking down the script and seeing just how intricate it is. And that's one of the tiers on the Kickstarter. You can get Christopher Priest's, uh, script book so you can see if you're an exp uh, aspiring writer you can see just how christopher priest does it huh. and if you have 10 panels on a page there's 10 descriptions of what's actually happening on the page you know so he writes it, out what the picture is going to be and stuff yeah and he then, writes that would be interesting that'd be a cool thing to look at just to see kind of how how the sausage is made i guess right exactly yeah i mean and you know you, you got the you get the script then you get your artists who put their own spin on it and then and then the script that comes out so it's the same like doing a movie you got a movie script you shoot the film and then the editing brings together a whole different thing and it's it's just how it all develops and right. creates that world which tyler, is fantastic tyler when you say that you're a tall skinny kid reading comic books are you exaggerating because you're a tall skinny kid that became a, a pro wrestler i mean you're a very tall skinny kid yeah, I, yeah. did, did you I was, like, develop I, into a man body very rapidly what happened <laughs> that you i i'm 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 serious i was a tall skinny kid i was like knock kneed it was crazy i and I decided through the comics too, like I going through the comics, the older comics you'd see, you know, the, the uh, Charles Atlas and, and all of those ads. And I was like, I always wanted to be a pro wrestler. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do this, you know? So I, I got the program. I started working out, started training, started doing martial arts, started putting size on, because I was sick and tired of being picked on in school, you know, <laughs> I, I'm telling you, people would pick on the tall, skinny kid just so they could say, oh, I beat up the big guy. Yeah. I, and, and be, you know, and so I was you, picked you on got into martial arts movies. to avoid being picked on. And then what you liked it? When did pro wrestling come into that? Oh, I, I always wanted to be a pro wrestler, you know, like yeah. as what my. my my world, my release was I would, on Saturday mornings, I would sit in my parents' living room in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada, and I would watch Stampede Wrestling, the heart. <laughs> and I was like, I want to do that someday. Well, the Saturday morning ones were where the guy would just come out and beat the snot out of somebody, right? Like one of the superstars would go out there and beat some guy up real quick, and then they'd be like, wow, that superstar is awesome, right? That was the Saturday morning ones. 
Well, yes and no. Calgary was a little bit different. They had more of the matches on and stuff like that. It was the smaller territory out of Canada. And so you'd see an actual match. You know, you'd see that develop. And I was like, I want to do that someday. So then that's why I started doing the weights, doing the martial arts. Yeah. You know, I ended up uh, trying my hand at football. I never played football in in high school, but I went onto a semi-pro team, played was supposed to go on to play with the Alouettes the year that they folded, and I went into pro wrestling in 86. So it was one and, or the other, or were you planning on doing both? Well, I was, you know, I was like, I was trying to feel out what I was going to do, yeah. you know? Right. And it, it's kind of like the football fell into my hands because I developed, and they said, get, get on the football field. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I'll give it a shot, you know? <laughs> and it just kind of developed from there, you know, and, and then, uh, and then I entered the world of pro wrestling, did that for 11 and a half years, got my first few movie roles and said, I want to do this, you know, I, cause right. watching movies as a kid, uh, like I'd, I'd watch the wrestling and then I'd start watching action films and sure. stuff like that. And it did all end on Saturday, a uh, Sunday night with the wonderful world of Disney. I don't know. That's probably way before <laughs> your time, but you know, there'd be Tom Sawyer on there. There'd be uh Davy Crockett. There'd be all these oh, sure, different yeah. adventures. And I'm like, I want to do that someday. Cause it was my escape, you know, right. Between that reading the comics and doing all that stuff. I was becoming a visual person because I was unable to do the reading like a lot of people. So then your I like, just transitioned into the film. Your first or second movie was X-Men. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. And yeah. You, so you got that. Or maybe my third, maybe my third or so. While you were still sort of hanging around in wrestling or had you been done with wrestling by then? No, I did like the very first, the very first film I did was a Mexican wrestling movie. I don't know if you've ever seen any of those. I'm, I'm sure kinda, they're great, Tyler. I, I have not seen one, but I'm not, not opposed to it. Well, you got to check some of them out. They're pretty <laughs> schlocky, but pretty good. <laughs> you know, so that was one. One of those was the first ones I did. Yeah. And then I did, I think, the Bandit, uh, the the kind of like a TV sequel thing to Smoking the Bandit, Bandit Goes Country or something like that. That sounds great, too. And was, then was that Burt Reynolds uh, or was that I, like an offshoot? Uh, it, it was, it was an offshoot. It was part of the universal action oh, pack okay. when, uh, you know, they had that, they had moonlighting and some other things and moonlighting one, there was like four different things at the time they were picking, which one was going to go on and be a, uh, on running series. Right. And it was moonlighting. Thanks Bruce. But anyhow, <laughs> <laughs> so then you, you get X-Men and decide you're not yeah. going to be a wrestler anymore. And I remember X-Men being huge because I was an X-Men fan, but was there no expectation of that movie being as huge as it was? Like, was I just excited about it because I was 15 and an X-Men fan? Or like, did the studios think, oh, this is just going to be a silly thing that we put out? Well, I mean, back in the day, I think they spent like seventy-five million dollars on it, so they didn't so, think it was going to be that little, right? Right. You know? right, right. But um, n- no one knew because it was like kind of the rebirth of the 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 comic 
And you then, know, and, and then after that, do you just get put on like the six eight guy list where, hey, we need a big guy. Let's call Tyler. He can audition for this. I, I imagine that you're kind of a special effect in yourself, and like they can call you and and get you to be in these movies because you're gigantic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to a degree, you know. But I mean, it's that there's. There's a lot of big, gigantic guys out there, you know, like yeah. for Troy, uh, I auditioned uh, for Wolfgang probably two, three times. And then it went on for a month. They were they looked all over the world to find Ajax and they came back to me. So so you auditioned and then they asked a bunch of other people and then they came back to you. Yeah, that's the way it works. You know, they'll they'll check and see. Yeah who's out there to see what they want for the role. Now I'm lucky. I'm at the point where they go, Hey, we want Tyler main. And they just there we go. Call you up, thing. Right. So, yeah. What was the thing you were swinging at Eric Banner really heavy or did it just look that really was heavy? crazy heavy? Cause it looks and heavy and the sound effects make it sound heavy, but was it actually heavy? It was actually very heavy. <laughs> they tried to make a real one and it was so heavy that no one could pick it up. It was just stupidly heavy. That was made out of foam, and that was still really heavy. Like, to just swing that thing over my head and, and do what I had to do with that was intense. It was crazy. And then the the big refrigerator door shield that I had was, you know. Where did you film that Another add-on. Where did you film and, that and, one at? Where, where was that filmed at? We were in Cabo and Malta. The big fight took place in front of Cabo on the beaches there, they built the gates of Troy, which was spectacular until the, the uh, hurricane came in and took it all out. And then the rest was in Malta, like all the interior stuff and all of that was done in Malta, which was, is a beautiful, beautiful place. Do you have time to enjoy it or do you, you not really get to enjoy it while you're there because you're working? You know, you have some time. It depends on your schedule. But, I mean, we were fight rehearsing every day for two months before the the fight. And so it's you're working quite a bit. You get to see a few places, check out some nice restaurants. But, uh, you know, you're, you're definitely not there on a vacation. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so then uh, you meet your wife at, like, a Comic-Con I guess you're doing like signings and stuff because you're a big action star and she's yeah, there I, because she's in the comics. Yeah. She, we, we met at uh wizard world 2000 is wizard world I, still around. I don't think so. I don't think so. And then we reconnected 2001 wizard world and we've been together ever since. That's awesome, man. So, yeah. So you guys have like a, uh, like soirees in the evening after you guys have done your signings and stuff where everybody gets together and talk shop? Well, sometimes, you know, I mean, you'd go out and you'd have drinks or you go eat, you know, and stuff like that. And you meet people and connect. And and yeah. then she kind of went into your world. You guys started a production company and you started making movies and stuff. But this yeah. is really your first time tiptoeing into her world. Well, you, you mean for doing the graphic novels? Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. She's she is a theater major, you know. So she's a she's oh okay. So she was sort of already she's there. the real deal. Yeah, she's a theater major, she, and then she she happened on to the editing of 
comic books. Like she, she actually, when she went to LA to, to be an actor, she got a temp job at this company and they said, come read these comic books, check it out and answer the phone. And <laughs> she's just really she good at up. it. <laughs> yeah. You know, th- that's what she did. And then, so she ended up editing them, you know, so and it's, uh, it became their editor in chief worked for them, IDW, Marvel, bunch of other companies. So worked on a lot of top, top, top tier books. Yeah. So Tyler, I guess where, where should I send people? Should I send people to the Kickstarter or I, I don't know, is it going to be over by the time? Is there going to be a place that I can send people after the Kickstarter is over? Well, it, it'll still, you'll, they'll still be able to go to the Kickstarter and pick up a book. Okay. Um, but when is this airing? Uh, probably next week. Then we're fine because we're the fine. Kickstarter goes till uh, November 16th. It's, it's, pretty stupid that i'm going to talk to michael myers on october 30th and not put it out till the first week of november but that's yeah that's right out, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is pretty crazy that's a little silly on your part yeah, but it's okay <laughs> I, I thought about rushing it tyler but i just don't i don't think i'm gonna be able to have a rest of a show uh so yeah i hear you I hear you. It, it was really cool talking to you, man. We appreciate your time. Very cool talking to you, you um, know, and, and everybody, please check out the last Spartan Red Tape on Kickstarter. I would greatly appreciate your support because uh, the bigger this goes, the more people will be aware of that actual human trafficking is a serious problem. And let's please spread the word and, and uh, help protect the vulnerable ones. Cool. Tyler, good luck with the rest of your press tour. Sounds like you got a lot going on, man. <laughs> I do. I do. I do. <laughs> Thank, thanks for your time, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me, brother. Take care. Tyler Maine is on the Duffer tonight. <laughs> Making sure. Yeah. It, so went trick or treating last week, right? You did? Oh, you did? I have I have a pitch for you guys. Okay. I want to know what you went as. There was Well, I want to guess. A house that had a bunch of lights in their bushes that just flipped between orange and purple. Like it would go orange. Then it go dark. Then it go purple. Then it go dark. Then it go orange. Then it go dark. You know, okay. like that. Okay. Okay. You sell a product that has orange and purple lights, so you can decorate for Halloween. But then, when Halloween's over, you flip a switch, yeah. and they're red and green. Brilliant! I love it. Can I? Can I? This invention exists, Michael. Let me tell you. Oh. 
my wife bought them for Halloween this year. They're LED light panels, like what you put on a stage. Okay. You light up the front of your goddamn house, whatever color you want. So for the last three weeks, it's been purple out front. And literally the day I took everything down, I put the lights away and she yelled at me. Yeah, leave them up. She was like, put them back. I want to try that. They'll flash <laughs> rainbow colors. Like they'll just go in a cycle on the side of the house. It lights up the front of my house. It yeah. looks pretty sick because I got a brick house. So like okay. it all lights up. She's a brick. Right? House. I have one of those you're, you're things that shoots the, uh, the, the pictures up on your house. And we had that with the ghosts. Oh, those are cool. Well, yeah, yeah I, those are I have ghosts good. and pumpkins and stuff, but what happens is I put it up for Christmas, and then I put it away in the Christmas stuff, and I'm not going to go dig it right. out of the Christmas stuff. Well, so this is an in-between us that's actually pretty nice because it's just lighting up the front of your house, but now you can go from purple lights or red lights, whatever you're doing. Now you can go to, like, orange and right. brown. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, for fucking uh, Thanksgiving, you can get an extra season out of it because LEDs can do, like, 50 fucking colors. Fucking well, Duncan's already gotten rid of their, their pumpkin stuff. Jody, well, I'm devastated. Let me ask you guys this, because Mike is the expert on these type of things. When should you put out your Christmas stuff? Tomorrow. My Tomorrow? Christmas tree, my Christmas tree is in my, my living room right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so. I did it tonight because it makes my wife happy, and I feel like she wanted it because I cleaned up the shed and... She was like, you're not going to bring the Christmas tree. She did it at five o'clock this evening. And I was like, I guess I can. So I had to wrangle that fucking thing inside. So this is Mariah Carey's fault. Cause she has just had us like for years now ignore Thanksgiving. Like it doesn't fucking exist. And just go straight to Christmas, Christmas trees and everything. November 1st. Delvin, Dude, funny heard. that you mentioned Mariah Carey. <laughs> yeah. We're on the same page, Mike. Go ahead. Oh, <laughs> did you hear his dick at the bottom of the table? I did. It said <laughs> Wait. Uh, I, I I got a little excited there, Delvin, because I don't know if you know this about me. This is this is a little known fact I'm I'm gonna throw at you. I love music lawsuits, Delvin. They're oh. like, they're my favorite thing in the whole world. Didn't and, I know that? Won't shut up about it. Every other episode, music lawsuits. Jody, Mike were you Moore. the one that sent me this music lawsuit on Discord? It was, I was. You, wasn't it's, it? It's funny, Delvin just uh, that was serendipitous. Now yeah. everyone knows mariah carey's christmas song right delvin yes all i want for christmas got a Huge clip got song. a clip of it anyway just for posterity's sake right top five christmas song yeah so vince vance and the valiants who <laughs> Now, Vince Vance you and the say Valiance. that, Delvin, and when I when I got the thing about Vince Vance and the Valiants suing Mariah Carey, I thought, this is a nobody, right? But I looked okay. it up, Delvin. I've heard this fucking song. Now, it, oh, I, you have? Listen, okay, see if you recognize this Christmas song. Take back the holly and yeah. You've heard that, right? Absolutely. I think I have heard that, yeah. Okay. That song is called All I Want for Christmas is You. Okay. And you can't copyright a title. That's correct. But I think, now, Jody, I think Vince Vance and the Valiants. They got a leg to stand on? They might have a leg to stand on, Jody. Listen, listen to this. Bring me what I need, cause all 
right? A yeah. little bit? Make a small fun. bit. I want more Christmas music with sax in it. That was brilliant. Yeah. No, that song fucks. It's pretty good. I, I that That's isn't Vince Vance. It's some gal. Uh I think Vince Vance was the the uh musician behind it. But yeah, hopefully he was playing the sax. That came out like three <laughs> years before Mariah Carey's, and it's not too far off in some places that all I want for Christmas is you. I mean, like, I guess there's no really other way to sing those lyrics. I don't know, guys. Now, Vince Vance and the Valiants. How much are they trying to get, though? That's the real. How uh, high did they shoot their well, number? Jody, a lot. I mean, they want. They I want hope it's something. Delvin, let's play prices Right Rules. If you were Vince Vance from the Vince Vance and the Valiants, how many million billions of dollars would you think that you're going to try to sue Mariah Carey for? If I was him and I know this song makes like a billion dollars every year, I'm, I go I go for a hundred million. What if you knew personally that she stole it? You just happen to know like on the inside you've talked to people. Crack me like, off hey. a fiver every year, babe. Yeah. Be my Christmas present. Oh, go in perpetuity. So every year when you start hearing Mariah Carey, you get the check in the mail. Yeah. yeah. This is like a, a hundred mil. It's Black Friday. Time for my check. How many times have you been in the store during the holiday season and heard that Mariah Carey song? Yeah. Now, a honestly, Vince, Van- Vince Vance and the Valiant song, I hear that all the time. I think people clean up on Christmas music. Oh, yeah. I think it's big business. But I mean, Would you that's rather the take- king. Oh, here's a question, Mike. Would you rather take a lump sum, say, of however much they're asking for? Or no, would I you rather go? Mark Hamill style and be like, I want a dollar every time somebody plays that fucking song. Yeah. No, I want I want five dollars every time that song gets a play on fucking Spotify, YouTube. I want a five dollar bill. Thanks. No, yeah, I wouldn't take the lump sum. I'd want my Christmas present every year. I will say this. It depends. I wonder what would be higher, I guess is my point. You're gonna roll the dice. Like, is it a progressive jackpot to where from now on every time you get like at what point would you get more money? This is my thing. It depends on your age, because if you're 80 years old, I'm not waiting for forever. No, no, give me my money now. (laughs) You (laughs) want your great, great, great grandkids to not be on food stamps, Delvin? Nah, fuck them kids. (laughs) Give me, give me my cash now. Like me now, I'm what 43. I can get it every year. Bury me with most of it, and then give a couple million to the kids. Yeah, split it. (laughs) Yeah, me now, me at this age now, you can give me it every year. But like, like if I'm 80 years old. 85, 90. No, give, give me all my money now. I need to see my money. Can you imagine what kind of maniac you'd be if you just knew, like, next month I get a $100,000 check or whatever, $100 million every year? That's your thing to live up to. I bet you would start blowing it all between. You're just like, yeah, it's fine. All I got to do is get to November the 1st. Yeah, I, I, would, I wouldn't work dollars. anymore. I just stopped working. Like, all right, I got to work. I I'll feel like do- if you take the lump sum, then that's only an insult one time, right? She has to write that right. check once, and then it's like, she's, it. it's like she shut you off. off. Yeah, she shut you up. If she has to write the check every year, Jody. Yeah. That's better, right? Didn't that happen to Diddy? Who? Puff Daddy. P. Yeah. Diddy. Sean P. Diddy Combs. What did Puff Daddy steal? Uh, what is called the uh, I'll Be Missing You. That had to be licensed. That was no. He no didn't clear it. Way. I think that's the song. He didn't clear it, yeah, and because man. he didn't clear it, he has to pay for that song every year now. <laughs> is Sting dead now? Sting's not dead, is he? Sting's no. not dead. He's having sex right now. 
Neither Sting is dead. <laughs> the wrestler Sting or that Sting. Oh, they should make a band together. I'd love to listen to Sting and Sting. Sting and Sting. My pick of the week is oh. Jello Shots. Ooh. I have a yeah. I have a pick of the week. Joe. I do too. It's Jello Shots. Jello Shots just <laughs> in general. Yeah, I'll get to it in a second. You go first. Okay, uh, Jody, m- my wife and I we watched the Millie Vanilli documentary. Oh, I, I saw that today. Is it on Prime? I think I it's on something, and it is great. I enjoyed the I living those years again. They do you remember Delvin? Do you remember when MTV just had like ladies in bikinis dancing on the beach? Yes, it was fantastic. They just played them a song and like they all just danced and it was just like a dance party on the beach and you just watched them. Spring break, Cancun, 98. Yep, MTV Beach House. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. Great era MTV. It was just, it took me back to a different time, the Millie Vanilli documentary. It was was fun. And then that guy died and it was a bummer. Yeah, I think he killed himself, didn't he? Uh, well, I mean, he did a bunch of drugs until he died. So same thing, ah. right? Uh, but Delvin they basically said, hey, everybody fucking knew about this and everybody just shut up and left these two guys holding the bag. <laughs> like, like, the fall oh, guys. None of us that produced the music or released it knew yeah. that they were faking it. We uh, were kidding <laughs> with, with the guys we hired to pretend to be them. You know, we yeah. had no idea they were doing this, you know, they set them up for failure. It's not unlike the Dylan Mulvaney controversy. You know, I know they paid that dude to fucking hold that can up and act silly, <laughs> but they didn't even, they're like, no, nah, we don't even know who that is. We'd yeah. rather just lose $300 billion. What <laughs> a bunch of fucking idiots. Yeah. No, if you, if you really think about it, everybody knows bastards yeah. uh, delvin pick of the week something you want the people to know about <sighs> that's a good question you know what loki season two a couple you know, in, delvin it, i i think i forgot everything that happened in season one which has given me trouble but i am enjoying it it's fun it's fun to watch it's, it's really good uh you know in a time when people are kind of ragging on marvel and stuff like that you know that marvel has its problems like loki thus far has been consistently Good to great, and I'm enjoying it so far. And I'm kind of digging where the story's going, and I'm. It's a really interesting ride, considering everything that's been going on with one of the cast members and how they're saying he might not be around. And, and Marvel's kind of like, <laughs> like back their whole like next few years off of this character being there, Kang, and he <laughs> <Yeah>. might not <laughs> be well, able to be I, in the I series. I think that anybody who said he might not be around isn't anybody in any f- official capacity i think they're all just kind of you know speculating like i have been seeing for the last two weeks every time i open facebook they're saying hugh jackman's gonna be the secret wars guy it's like you don't know that Shut yeah up. they don't know <laughs> it, it's it's been a call have you heard about this story jody Mm-mm. i can't remember the guy's name jonathan right majors thank you Jonathan Majors. Okay, this is the story, Jody. We, it's crazy. We just did a hard answers episode about something a crazy story. But so Jonathan Majors is this famous actor. He's very okay. famous for like a lot of roles, stuff like that. About around was it the beginning of this year? Yeah, uh, either that or late last year. He got arrested for like a, a abuse, like abusing his girlfriend at the time. Okay. Then it came out, like then, like when he got arrested, stuff like that. People started coming out of the woodwork saying that he was like um. 
a very like abusive actor. He like yells at his cast on sets and stuff like that. All came out the woodwork like slander. It was, it was like he was essentially getting canceled. Oh damn! Perfect. And then what happened was, it comes out later that the girlfriend was lying, and she fled like she left the country. Uh-huh. Isn't that what happened to Amber Heard? I ain't seen hide the hair of that lady since Johnny Depp took her to task, huh? Well, you haven't really seen Johnny Depp either. Yeah. Well, that's fine. Johnny Depp is everywhere, always at once. He kind of he kind of looks like he got stung by bees. Yeah, if you see he's old, Mike. Huh? He's not. A, he's no fucking spring chicken anymore. He's he, is, he is aging. Baby. He is old. Yeah, I'm being insensitive. I'm sorry. Yeah, you <laughs> should. <laughs> but yeah, so the charges against Jonathan Majors got dropped essentially. Nice. And they filed charges against this girl, but people well, she can't fled the take... country because Disney put a hit out on her, right? That's one of the rumors. Yeah, that, that <laughs> Disney put a hit out on it, and essentially now people are people who said that Jonathan Majors was like a terrible person on set and stuff like that. Some are taking it back, and some are you saying trying to use it like ah, maybe you shouldn't be in Loki. So Jello shots, Jody. That's your uh... Jello shots. Yes, I'll fucking sometimes if I don't want to go through all the trouble of buying the little cups. I'll just make Jello in a bowl and put vodka in it. It's pretty great, and you just stand there and eat like a couple chunks of Jello. It's nice. I, I gotta tell you, I'm not mad at that. My girlfriend tries to get me to drink whatever every time we go out. I fucking love Jello shots. Drinking. They're amazing, and that's what she tries to get me to drink. Take every time, every time we go out, have a Jello shot. Like, are you trying to get me drunk so you can have your way with me? Probably. I tell you what, as being a, a stoner pothead guy, I would assume that a jello shot is probably the equivalent of like a five milligram weed edible. Like it hits you kind of, it's just, it just takes you down a notch and it's nice. You can relax. You know, shots, baby. That's probably accurate because um, I tried two of them the last time we got it. Didn't do anything to me. Like, oh, it's just pretty good. Yeah, I said we should have made a bunch of them for the kids yesterday. Not put booze in them, but had little cups and then just take pictures of them at the party with my little kid's birthday party. Like little kids slamming jello shots out of little cups. <laughs> fucking hilarious. Uh, or you just could be like put fence in all of them. Because that's what people think they do with everything now. Oh, you can't get fence all <laughs> just, around here. Just, just like with the Halloween candy. <laughs> people are just going around wasting their drugs on kids. Delvin, I, I, conspiracy. I should send people... Exist. To uh, what the Delvin Cox experience? Search for no. it on Podbean. Uh, that's no. all the correct information, right? Podbean. They may come yell at me. <laughs> yeah. The Po Boys podcast, Jody, your podcast, and uh, uh, Rubberneckers, the big finale. Rubberneckers will be ending this week. I don't know when this is coming out, but yeah, the finale's coming up soon. Check it out. It's going to be an anthology set from 1 to 100, and it'll be a complete series. You can see the evolution of the show and the character arcs. I think it'll be fun. Yeah. So who's going to live? Who's going to die? Because, you know, when you have a finale, somebody got to live, somebody got to die. Something got to happen. I feel like there's been one major character through, and maybe we'll have a big reveal at the very end. That person will have a moment where they realize their inner truth, you know? I'm hoping for something like that. Wow. I'm yeah, abandoned. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I had to reset my brain.
Thank you for listening to this installment of WFOD. If you enjoyed it, subscribe so you don't miss the next one on Apple, Spotify, iHeart, or your player of choice. While you're there, please take a moment to share a link, tell a friend, leave a review, or do any of the other things podcasts ask you to do. Our operation is 100% independent, so your support is appreciated. We don't advertise, so we rely on word of mouth to spread the gospel of the dub fod. The music featured in this podcast is provided by Carl Casey at White Bat Audio. You can leave us a question or comment via telephone on the hand hotline at 636-487-HAND or by email at mike at wfodshow.com. Special thanks, as always, to our Patreon sponsors, Assistant Treads, Benny Michaels, Brian Kranz, Liquid Lozenge, Valerie Carpenter, Jay Adson, and Rabbit Poundings. You can be a Patreon sponsor yourself for as little as a dollar a month and receive early access to episodes at patreon.com slash WFODicks. Our entire back catalog is available on WFODshow.com, as well as Cola Rankings, Flat Drunks, and more. Check us out on social media at WFODshow on Twitter and Instagram, or WFODicks on Facebook and YouTube. We'll be back next week, but really, we're never gone. Take care. probably watched each of those Gallagher specials on Comedy Central 10 times each. I've never liked Gallagher. Well, I've never seen the Gallagher. You've like, never I know the seen premise, Gallagher? I've, just never, I've never like watched it. I've just seen clips. Yeah. Okay. So you didn't grow up having cable. You guys are like, I yes, just, he's a poor redneck. He didn't have cable. Yeah. Because like redneck? Comedy Central, when I was a kid, was just the Gallagher specials. Like that's, that's the only crazy. thing. They that know. is true. They were on all the time. You guys had cable. I didn't have cable, and you're like a couple years older than me. So maybe yeah. I just missed it. You know what I mean? Uh, he was kind of a prop comic. He had uh, like big couches that he'd jump in and stuff. He That's had all correct. kinds of cool stuff. I didn't know any of that. I thought he just came out and told bad jokes and then like smashed fruit. That's all That's I have. Pretty accurate. It probably doesn't hold up if I watch it now. But when I was a kid, Gallagher was fucking awesome. Yeah. He, he you know, uh, like a. Uh, uh, he did lots of observational humor about, like, you know, spelling and stuff. That was my jam. I've seen that where he does the flipboard thing, like what they used. D-U-M-B! <laughs> that explains a lot about Mike. Yeah. <laughs> that explains an awful lot. I haven't, yeah, like I haven't watched it in forever. It's probably not good. The, the, I see what shaped your childhood now. Just right. Gallagher and observational humor about spelling. That that that's explains a lot. Right. Yeah, no, the, the English language, it's weird, Delvin.